That's what I thought. You're listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger coming to you live on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Lots and lots of uh, interesting stuff to discuss today. But first of all, TJ, the really important stuff. Who is hosting your Thanksgiving? Are you having to do multiple? I things? am. No, you no, are. Look at you. This so, means you're finally an adult, by the way. So we did this like, um, I think like three or four years in a row. Definitely when we moved into our house. So 2017, 2018, 2019. And then last year we didn't host because we were just tired. Okay. Um, but now that we're in the new house. Ready to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to drive around. Also. I feel that. Fried turkey is much better than the way that any other of my family members make turkey and nobody yeah. else will do it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and so like, you're right. I just have to be the adult and, you know, make this. Right, so, right. um, yeah, it's totally on me. It's totally fried turkey, um, in this house, but we've done a good job of delegating like all the other things to okay. other family members so that I think Kara's only making like one or two things. And one of those is a bourbon chocolate pecan pie that I'm very excited about. Um, tell her so. to make two. Uh, she now actually we're so close to each other. Actually, she is making two. So if you'd like to come over on Friday, we're saving one for Friday. Well, there's a bunch Perfect. of college football on and stuff. So you just have to beat Ben over here because he's in North Carolina. He's like, well, make an extra one. So okay, anyway. he's in North Carolina. I was gonna say he's next door. It's really difficult. I mean, we're close. Oh yeah, like, you've got like door, so. several hours on on him there. Perfect. So excited for that. What are you guys doing? You hosting? Are you um, going? We are actually going to my mom's. Um, this. Thanksgiving, which my mom hasn't hosted in a while. We we always usually host Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is our smaller family holiday because my sister uh, Gabby people there. Right. Like it's 40 instead of 60. But um, you know, my one of my sisters usually go, actually, multiple of my sisters go to their in-laws for Thanksgiving. And so they it's a lot smaller because because of that. Um but yeah, we're going to my mom's. Um, everybody claimed all the dishes that I always make uh, this Thanksgiving. So I'm not making any of them. And I'm just going to sit back when they're not as good because these Ooh. are the dishes that I've made for a million years. There's, uh, I don't even know how this happened. Uh, my job is mashed potatoes. So I have like the easiest and, and pie, which is fine too. Uh, you know, I love mashed potatoes so much. And I will only, hopefully nobody, I, I will only let Kara or her mom make that because yeah. some people in our family like screw up the mashed potatoes and like, there's nothing worse than like soupy or, or gummy. Oh, just yeah. Like, no, I mean, uh, just listen. use a little, take a little effort, get a KitchenAid mixer, yeah. stop being poor. Exactly. And like, let's go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the KitchenAid mixer is probably my most used wedding gift. This thing's been going for 10 years oh. strong. It's amazing. Um, oh, all the cakes, but, all the pies, all the desserts. Oh my gosh. And mashed day. potatoes, the most amazing mashed potatoes mashed with potatoes, no effort. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, there's effort, but it's, it's much less. It's worth the effort, right? And right, mashed potatoes right. are not e are not are are easy compared to most of the stuff uh, that you make on Thanksgiving. So we'll uh, 
you know, we'll see how everyone else's turns out. I'm not hopeful. I'm actually going to make a few things that we just keep at the house for leftovers for later because I'm not actually confident that I'm going to want anyone's leftovers. Um, <laughs> You're terrible. Usually when we have Thanksgiving at our house, I make everything. Like, I'll be like, oh, you want to bring something? How about you bring booze? You want to bring something? Okay, here's a specific pie I would love you to buy. Like, I... I don't know. I, you know me. I'm type A. I'm controlling. If I, if you can't you make it better twice. than I can, don't make it. It's not that hard. Um. Well, I, I'd like to pull back my invite for you to come over and try this chocolate <laughs> bourbon pie. I have just full, prep full. all over it. <laughs> Listen, my children this think sucks. that Kara. My children think that Kara is a professional baker. All right. Yeah. So I have is... full confidence in Kara. They think her job is to make cake balls. So yeah, <laughs> hilarious. So, what's your favorite? All right, we'll do this, and then we'll actually get to the serious stuff. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving side and your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? My favorite Thanksgiving side is probably green bean casserole, but it can't be made with canned green beans. Uh, it's got to right. be made with be fresh. fresh green beans. Yeah. Um, but I really, I'm a side girl, like turkey. I, I mean, I eat it, but like, I don't have a whole lot of use for turkey. Now when Eric deep fries it, I prefer that much to everything else. No one has asked Eric to deep fry a turkey this year. Maybe we'll deep fry one for ourselves, but like that's not happening this year. So I'm a side girl. Uh, pie. I'm a big pie person. I'm a big dessert person in general. Uh, pumpkin pie and pecan pie have to be tied for me though, as favorite Thanksgiving pies. So I, I will go a hundred percent pecan pie yeah. over pumpkin pie. I'll eat pumpkin yeah. pie. I don't yeah. mind it, but it's to me, it's more of a filler. Um, mm. I like them all. But uh, as far as sides, I have a tie, but I love okay. mashed potatoes. Don't get me wrong, but it's a tie between my mom makes a really, really good sweet potato casserole. Okay. It's amazing. It's more of a dessert than like an yeah. actual side. Oh, yeah. but it's amazing. And then I love broccoli casserole. So okay. we um, never have broccoli casserole at our Thanksgiving. So maybe that's something you're going to have to share that uh, recipe with me. I do make a really good sweet potato casserole. That uh, is a recipe I got from my aunt a million years ago, but not sure that the person making them this year is following that recipe, but we'll see. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just have a plate of leftovers and you can judge your family's food. Perfect. <laughs> compared Judging. To it's, that's my favorite thing. It's <laughs> my favorite part about Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway all right a bunch of stuff to get into yeah let's um we'll try to make this pretty quick because i gotta get out here at 11 so we've got like 25 minutes to get to a whole bunch of things um first of all uh the obvious news florida state uh we'll, we'll go with us real quick florida state goes on the road and beats bc last week in a game that they were an underdog it came out really really strong and the only thing on the menu is UF's quarterback is what uh, my buddy Phil says uh, while watching. So we'll, we'll certainly get to some news this weekend. Florida State beats BC last week, a game they yeah. were underdog. They were up fairly big and then let BC come back, held on at the end to get to five wins. And what I'll say is, you know, like, let me toot the moral victory horn before we get into anything else. But if you'd have told me when this team was 0-4 that they were going to go 5-2 and over their next seven games, I mean, I, I think we all would have said that's pretty crazy. I think right. we were saying, like, can they get to three, right? Like, we, we sure. said they'll beat, they'll beat UMass, 
They'll probably beat Syracuse. We were fought, trying to find wins for them at one right. point in the season looking forward. Yeah, yeah this is big, so right? Like, this is... I think we always knew that they'd beat UMass, thought they'd beat Syracuse, and then like maybe beat one more team like down yeah. the stretch, right? Sure. So I was worried about BC. They, they um, are a completely different team with their quarterback, and they had their quarterback back this week, and uh, he made a big difference and was really the reason the game was close at all. Um, but hats off to Florida State, who in no way did I envision them getting to five wins this year, obviously with a great chance to get to six, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, in a game that's essentially a coin flip, um, according to Vegas. But, uh, yeah, hats off to them for kind of turning the season around. I mean, you know, six and six or five and seven, which is what they'll end at, isn't necessarily where we wanted to be at the beginning of the year. But but it's a massive that, turnaround from where they were yeah, halfway through nope. the season. The way that they got there is certainly um, admirable. Florida drops a close one to South Carolina, uh, 24-23 on the final Missouri play of the – Oh, Missouri, a, sorry. Close to Missouri. Missouri, 24-23 on the last play of the game. Um, I was talking with your brother about this. I thought – hats off to Missouri for going for two there. I mean, I do think that Florida, through all their struggles, is definitely the more talented team. And when you right. only have to get 20 yards or so or – and the third overtime, you'll have to get three yards each time. Right. Uh, you know, Florida's running ability. I, I really thought that Florida would win if it kind of became a battle in overtime. Mm -hmm. um, just because they do have so much more talent. Sure. Just kind of load up on the run. Um, so hats off to Missouri for going for the, the two-point Oh, conversion. it was the right call, but it was ballsy oh. as hell. Yeah. And it, and it was a wild play. It looked like the quarterback was going down. Yeah. Threw it up to a. A big guy that's wide open, and and they wide end up winning open. and walking it off. Um, great play design, you know. I, I thought that that was really good. Uh, Florida, man, Florida had chances in this game to kind of put this away. You know, Missouri could not get anything going in the first half. Um, both teams struggled offensively, but Florida just, you know, Emory wasn't even terrible. I mean, at two hundred sixty-one yeah. yards, they just couldn't finish drives. You know. Yeah. Which is, for, I mean, they've had that problem on and off all season. Um, yeah, settled for a lot of field goals. Had to, yeah. you know, here's a 30 yard drive where they had to punt. They had a 66 yard drive um, where they didn't end up getting anything out of it um, at the end of the at the end of the half. And so, oh, that was the one to Copeland. Never mind, that, that doesn't really count. They threw like 50 yards on that last play to Copeland um, and got it down to the nine. So that doesn't count as much. It kind of helped the stats, but yeah, it just couldn't get things going and struggled and. Missouri ends up coming out with the win. Obviously, the big news there, Dan Mullen was let go and parted ways with UF um, the next morning. I think something that we all kind of figured would happen if if Florida was to lose either of their last games is their record falls to five and six. Um, thoughts around the game? Thoughts around so, – well, if you want to start with the game I, first. We'll I'll talk start with the game first. Um, there was – I felt like that game was called so conservatively. Um, I mean, Dan Mullen – you know, can be a conservative play caller. I just didn't understand when you, your Jimmy's and Joe's are so much better, not uh, opening the playbook up a little bit more in that game. Interestingly, they did on third down in overtime, but like, why aren't we calling the game like that before we get to overtime? Um, I also personally didn't really understand with, you know, a minute to go, not trying to get into field goal range. Um, 
to a couple of people who know more about football than me. They seem to understand that decision more than I did. Um, I would like to see us attempt to get down into field goal range. You've got a field goal kicker who was having a great day. Um, you know, if worst case scenario is overtime, I don't really know that I think that that's a huge worst case scenario. I don't know that I uh, think we need to just lob it up there, you know, and risk an interception that's returned. But I would have at least tried to run the ball with Pierce, get within uh, field goal range, see what can happen, and then settle for overtime as opposed to playing for overtime, which is what Florida chose to do. Um, Fully agree with Missouri's uh, going for two. I think that, one, it's a ballsy call, but, two, it's the right call. You – your Jimmy's and Joe's aren't Florida's Jimmy's and Joe's. If you're going to get into a back and forth there, you've got to like Florida's chances in that situation. So it was the right call. Right. And then, um, yeah. and you've I, got, and once you get to the third overtime, you're going to have to go play for play for, for play from the three right. yard line. And so right. why not just use your, I mean, you're going to have to get into that anyway. So why not just right. use your very best one, your first one that you're, right. you're using on the that and, if it's not going to work on the third overtime, you're probably going to lose. So you might as well just run it now. Well, and I, I the love thing. the call. If they lost to Florida, then they Who lost cares? to Florida, right? It's not that big of a deal. If you beat Florida, for them, it's huge. Florida was in a situation where it was a must win. So I think that potentially that uh, play call gets questioned if it's Dan Mullen that makes it a lot more so than if it's Strinkwich that makes it. Which Well, um, I will say, I will say though, like if, if it – the one thing about Missouri there, I think they really needed to win that too because that gets them bowl eligible. Yeah. And they play Arkansas this week, and I, right. I think they lose Arkansas. So they, but I if do. it was Mullen, if it was Mullen going for two, okay, what about what are your thoughts on this? Say that Mullen would have gone for two there, like Florida got the ball second, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't go for yeah. two. Right. And when first. you're first, right. But I mean, a loss is a loss, and it probably wouldn't have changed what happened on Sunday. But at least you'd say he's being aggressive, right? So, like, I mean, least, I think you know, I, like he would have been that. damned if he did, damned if he didn't, right? If he goes for two and he, I mean, unless he gets it, right? If he goes for two right. and he gets it, then he gets the, you know, he is aggressive. He wants to be here. There is some positives. If he goes for two and he misses it, people are going to question his play calling like they've questioned, you know, throughout the rest of the game. It's a hard, I mean, win. That's the only thing that can, that can make people not have questions. Um, I do think it's I, worth I do agree noting. with you, though. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was – well, what, what? tell me what you agree with me on first. I, I did think the game was called very conservatively. I thought yeah. that – I thought that it looked like – it looked like – I don't know if he was just afraid to, you know, afraid to go out and get beat or, or just what the situation was. But it, it looked like, hey, we're better than Missouri. Like, we're right. more talented. And so we're just not going to make the mistake. We're going to let them make the mistake. We're going to kind of like sit back. I don't know. I, I agree with you there that it was called very, very conservatively. Yeah. And if Florida would have been aggressive, like throwing the ball down the field, like they had been against Florida and L- I'm sorry, Alabama and LSU and different teams. I, I don't know. I just so think it would have been turned I'm, out a little bit differently. I'm kind of wondering. So since this game, the news has come out that Emory Jones is doubtful for Saturday's game. He has a uh, lower leg injury. They've I've heard knee and foot. Um, and there's also some, I mean, that it's there's also some rumors that it's season ending and by season ending it would mean that would mean if there was a bowl game you wouldn't be able to play in that which you know Florida that's that's a long shot at this moment but that does make me in hindsight wonder if that was some of the uh conservative play if it ha- if it had anything to do with that we don't know when the injury happened we haven't been told so I mean in theory it could have happened in practice on Monday right I don't know but that's an interesting little detail 
Um, but what I was going to say, and you would think if you're coaching for your life, it's the opportunity. You, this is this is the moment to not be conservative, right? If you're coaching for your job. So it is a, it is a little weird for me. Um, definitely think it's worth noting that Missouri's coach, uh, Drinkwitz, is petty enough to be in the SEC 100%. Um, I don't know who, yep, Philip Phillips got it. In the press conference after the game, um, he dressed as, uh, or brought, a, I guess, a lightsaber or whatever, kind of a play after Florida beat Missouri last year. Um, Dan Mullen came dressed as Darth Vader to the press conference. It was a joke. It was Halloween. But prior, you know, during the game, there was a scuffle on the field that arguably Dan Mullen made worse um, than it maybe would have been. It started because of a late hit of Missouri. Uh, Missouri lit the match, but I definitely think Dan Mullen added some gasoline to that. And uh, Missouri clearly has not forgotten because I saw an, a radio interview, listened to a radio interview that uh, Drinkwitz did with a station in Jacksonville. And they, they asked him about the irony of him ending Dan Mullen's career at Florida by beating him. And he said something to the effect of, my dad's a farmer. There's this old saying, you know, that you reap what you sow. If you if you sow kindness, you'll reap kindness. If you sow jackass, you'll reap jackass. Which, uh, you know, welcome. I, you you do fit in. Um, I was pretty amused by that. But you know, I think well, let's talk a little bit about the firing. I don't understand the timing. I'll tell you why. I think that the timing was a poor decision. Even if you're a hundred percent out. You're firing Dan Mullen. You're done with him. This is my question. On Florida staff currently, who, if you take Mullen into consideration, but who gives Florida the best opportunity to beat Florida State that that has the, the best play calling? Who gives Florida the best opportunity for that? And I think that you'll be very hard-pressed to find anyone that's going to argue there's a better play caller on that team than Dan Mullen, Okay. This is why beating Florida State is really important, though. It, I mean, it's important for recruits. It's also important to be bowl eligible, though. And it's not about the bowl game. It's about the 15 extra practices that you get that you do not get if you are not bowl eligible. This team needs 15 extra practices. I feel like it was very short-sighted, especially if Florida's next head coach is going to be who is rumored to be their next head coach, who's coaching in a championship game in a week anyway. So more than likely is not going to be announced before, you know, at, the game happens on December 4th. I right. just think, I think that that was a, the wrong call. I think yeah. you give everything you can to be bowl eligible. And you know what? Maybe it galvanizes the team and they somehow pull off a win against Florida state and then they're bowl eligible. But I think if you're a betting man, your odds are better with Dan Mullen as your head coach for beating Florida State this weekend than they are if he is not. And that doesn't have anything to do with keeping him past that game. But those yeah, 15 I, practices were important. I don't love um, getting rid of him before the end of the season, but I, I definitely see both sides. And I think what UF would be worried about, and again, mm -hmm. I was talking to Scott about this, I think that what UF would be worried about is what if you go out and beat Florida State by like 20? Yeah. Like how how awkward is it to fire him then, right? <laughs> like after you beat your rival, after you – oh, there was a bounce back. You know, I think it becomes a little tougher to do it. Um, but I know, think that awkward it, conversation, that awkward decision is worth those 15 practices that your team Probably. Needs. 
it, the one thing about those, and, and so again, not we agreed at one point in the show, and so we're kind of disagreeing. I do get both sides. I think it's more for I think I didn't like the firing as much for um just the fact that it was senior day. Yeah, just had relationships. Yeah. The 15 extra practices, though they're important, they're gonna happen with seven coaches now on a staff that how many of them are going to be on the next staff? Not that the practices won't, but, but so if, our, if Florida's next coach doesn't coach his team's bowl game, he can be there. He nah, can evaluate he talent. He, he won't be. He'll be out on the road recruiting. Like they'll, those things will happen simultaneously. I mean, like they won't. Like they'll they'll honor all the contracts through the end of. Yeah, um, they'll honor all the contracts. But if you don't think he's there scouting, play his I own mean, players maybe, for I the next year. I, think I mean, that's happened every other time Florida's fired a coach. Like, I, I think he's more on the road recruiting. Like, I don't, I think he'd be less he's involved. Doing, with like, he's doing both, but right. those but practices I, I don't think are important. Yeah. I, I think I'm not saying they're not important at yeah. all. They're not as irrelevant as bowl games, but they'd be more important. So, like, if Florida, so I think it's more important right now for Florida State to get bowl eligible than it is for Florida, just for like each program, just because Florida State, um, needs those extra practices with a coach is going to be like, they can actually continue to install stuff and continue to work on there. And not that Florida can't, but if Florida, if Florida gets uh, wins this game this weekend and then they're coaching for a staff, they're playing for a staff that's not even going to be there next year. Any of your upperclassmen, you know what I'm saying? Like anybody with a chance to get drafted is opted out immediately. And so then it's just like, well, Emory's hurt and is AR all the way healthy again? Like, it's just like, uh, who, who knows kind of where it goes from there. And we saw a lot of Florida players opt out last year in a massive bowl. Like yeah. how many Florida players are going to opt out yeah. of the, of the TJ and Allie bowl that's happening, right. you know, in I two mean, weeks, none. you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I do, I, I don't love the timing. I do think there's a I chance just don't that it kind think... of, I think there's a chance that it does kind of galvanize the players though and yeah. kind of make them, yeah. I mean, I, I think, think there's, a, there's chance that, a chance that, a chance for that. I think it's going to be tough without three of your coaches. You've got guys calling plays that you're not mm-hmm. usually used to. Grantham sure. gone, Mullen gone, offensive line coach gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that Knox is ready to call plays. I, you know, I think Knox it's very isn't much calling like a, plays. Uh, quarterbacks coach is calling plays. So you have to kind of wonder Who how much that messes before, things so. up. Yeah, I do think you could see like an increased effort level because I think I mean, that anytime there's a big the thing change about like Missouri, this, I feel like we saw like honestly when I was watching. Missouri I missed the first half because I was at my sister's baby shower but the second half I just kept thinking like damn this defense does care they're not particularly great but they do yeah. care there was there was effort from players on yeah. on Saturday and I um that was something that was kind of surprising to me and is not doesn't fit the narrative of what we've heard the last few weeks and I I think that all the tweets that we saw from players when Mullen was let go don't fit the narrative of what we've heard and I you know I don't necessarily agree with the decision. I I would have given him another year, but the decision has been made. So it is what it is. I would have handled how the decision was made differently as well. I guess maybe this is why I'm not Florida's athletic director. Um, but here's the, here's the bottom line though. This hire now better be a home run for Strickland because when you let go of a coach who has three back, back to back to back New Year's six bowl appearances who had a Heisman finalist last year, who was your offensive coordinator winning a national title in 06 and 08, you better come up with something better than him. And it is, I think you are hard pressed to find very many coaches who are better than Dan Mullen, who are legitimate 
uh, potential hires for Florida, right? The coaches that we would all name off the top of our heads that we think are better than Dan Mullen are all not really leaving Taggart. their program. You think you guys can pull Tagger or no? Shut up. Um, I would love that hire, to be honest with you. So, I, well, that hire will not happen. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Out of the legitimate options, I think it's harder. You're harder to come up with. It's harder to come up with a name that you can say, like, for sure that guy's better than Dan Mullen. So what it is is a crapshoot, right? And you better be sh- really happy with the person you you gambled on because this was a risk. I think firing Dan Mullen is a risk. And I understand the argument that if you know this guy's not working, then it's it, it's will you're you should be willing to take the gamble. It's worth the gamble. But I don't know that I think one bad year means that it's not working. Um, so I'm going to be interested. I'm going to be all in on whoever Florida hires, right? Like that's, that's what you do. You're all in, (laughs) but I, I don't love the decision-making to begin with. Thoughts on Dan Mullen, um, not pulling a a Ron Zook or a Will Muschamp and coaching the final game after Um, he was kind of given that option. Cause we've seen coaches. Yeah. We've seen, well, so Ron Zook was different because Ron Zook was fired in October. So he coached the whole second half of the season. Yeah, I think Muschamp's um, was a little bit earlier too. I don't think it was the last game. I think it was like two yeah, or three weeks it was before. Like, and um, so I don't know. I I see both sides of this, right? I think the best case scenario for UF, if they decided they wanted to part with him, is that he does stay on and coach the Florida State game. I think that would if have been great. If you were going to offer him that anyway, if you're going to well, oh, just wait six days, just wait six days. Yeah. Right. Like if you were going to make that offer, just wait six days. Well, I, and also I let's back up. I hate not taking it. Right. If you, you know, just fire me after the other thing. Yeah. Oh, but, you want me to get you bowl eligible, but I'm not going to be your coach. Right. Like I'm out, but I, I can see. I that. also don't, it also ticks me off more uh, the Grantham and Hevesy thing. Like, if you were going to fire Mullen right. anyway, why did you make him well, ruin the? Like, I don't even like Mullen that much. Like, I, you know, I think he's pretty catty on it. You know, but like, we can have differing opinions. But I don't like what they made him do to his buddies of like twenty years. Like, I, well, I think and that's supposedly, crappy. Uh, so, I mean, I don't. And if I'm Mullen, I wouldn't have coached either because of all that. Right. I don't give a you know. flying flip about Todd Grantham, but supposedly he and Hevesy are for real behind closed doors no longer speaking over this happening. Well, and that's crappy him. that you had him destroy a relationship that he's had for, you know, the last two decades. If two weeks later you were going to fire him anyway, you know, I don't like, and so, and that does, you know, we'd heard all along that they really did want to retain Mullen, but that winning these last two games was imperative for that to happen. And so maybe they did have every intention of keeping him when they had him fire Hevesy and Todd Grantham, but at the very least then that I think you should have waited until after the Florida state game. I just feel like there were some missteps that were kind of disrespectful to him um, on a personal level. And that makes me be able to understand more him not coaching. I hate it for the seniors, right? Those are the people that, that neither Mullen nor the university cared about when they made these decisions, right? The university could have avoided them not getting to have the coach that they've had the last four years by waiting six days. Mullen could have chosen to coach him and then he would be there to hug them at senior day. But senior day is emotional for these players. Like I've stood on the field while it happened for two different people, right? It's, these are, this is emotional for these families. They've invested a lot of emotional, you know, a, a lot of emotion, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into their child, being a player at Florida into themselves being a player at at Florida. And you do want to 
hug your coach on your home field for the last time. And I don't like that the only people that didn't get a say in it are those seniors. That stinks. Yeah, no, it is. It's frustrating. And again, I don't know that it's um, necessary. If you were going to let him stay on to coach anyway. Right. I don't think six days makes a difference. The only way six days makes a difference is if those six days kept you from missing out on who you wanted for your next coach. But I don't think that's the case. And he's not, whoever that is, is not being announced. I mean, I'll eat my words, but it's not going to be announced on Thanksgiving day on black Friday or on rivalry Saturday. So it doesn't really. Right. So, and if, if Um, that coach is announced on Sunday, then more than likely that coach is not currently coaching. Right. Because you, now if your team, so you guys are getting, well, that's the thing is that (laughs) if it's announced on Sunday, that's because Bob Stoops is the hire. If it's now, or, or whoever your coach is, doesn't care about coaching the bowl game for their their team, right? Or isn't coaching in a conference championship game. Now, there are coaches who they announce it prior to their their bowl game because they're and they're going to have an interim for that because they're not playing in the playoffs or whatever else. But you for sure aren't going to announce it before your championship Saturday, which is a week after that. And are you know if the Billy Napier rumors are to be believed, he's coaching in a championship a conference championship game on December 4th, which means the earliest that it's, it's announced is December 5th. Right. So, I mean, even if it's a done deal, that's out of respect to him, out of respect to his team that worked to get to their conference championship. So it just, I don't think it needed to be this difficult. And, but because of the choices the university made, I understand Mullen's choice to not coach in the Florida state game, even though I don't love it. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't blame Mullen and I don't even like, I know you like, I don't even like him, but I don't blame him for not coaching. I don't, I think that that's, you know, not that I'm good. You know, (laughs) like after you made me fire my buddies, you didn't need to do that. If you're going to fire me anyway, look, I, we've all been, you know, you fired me, you made me ruin relationships with my friends, but you want me to hang on to help you help the next guy, which is essentially what. So yeah, I don't, don't, don't love that, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see it going either way. I think that there are going to be some things schematically that are, that are tough. I agree with you on effort. It doesn't. So the biggest thing to me on effort is that I don't think like if you're a, you have to really, you may have like a lack of effort play here or there, but I really think that like the, the whole effort thing is more about like, like guys that are directly involved in a play are not going to have a lack of effort. Like if you're a running back, you're not going right. to see them just kind of like tiptoe into a hole. If right. you're an offensive lineman and the ball's coming your way, those guys are going to get off their blocks. If you're a defensive lineman and you're on the strong side, like you're going to react well. It's it's where's, you know, I think when you have breakdowns and efforts, you almost don't even see them unless you're watching like an all 22, like the next day in, right. in the film room, because it's like, if you're a defensive lineman and the run is, it's a toss sweep away from you. Are you given full effort to like try and go catch, run that guy down? Right. right? When nine times out of 10, you're not going to factor into the play. If you're an offensive lineman and the runs going the other way, are you given right. max effort? If you're a yeah. wide receiver and it's a run play to the other side, are you given max blocking up? So like, and those guys aren't even caught on camera, right? Like they are on the all 22, but they're not caught on like the broadcast. So sure. when you say like, like lack of effort, there probably are some lacks of effort. Well, happening. there's been some lack they're of just effort not... on Florida's line. That's either lack of effort or lack of talent, but given yeah. like, but it would have to be like really, really lack of talent. And so you can't convince me of that. Like when you're, right. when you 
are not blocking the right person on the line and you're playing Samford, it's very hard for me to believe that it's a talent issue. It's not. It's an effort issue. I can't tell you how many guys I've watched with on both lines the last few weeks. I mean, it's it's insane. But I I hope that they go out and play for themselves, right? Play for each other, play for themselves. This is um, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Um, AR will be the starter, which is interesting. We went from him being injured, which they said on, I want to say they said on Sunday that he was day to day, but now he's the starter. So here we are. Emery is doubtful. Um, so fans are going to get what they have wanted, you know, uh, in that aspect. Um, do we know if he's a hundred percent yet? Cause no. I, last week no. he wasn't. No, he's well, not, or no, we don't know. We don't know. I My assumption, and this is a complete assumption, is that he's not, because when they announced who was taking um, first-team reps, they said it was being split between AR and Del Rio. And I don't know why you split first-team reps with the third-string guy who hasn't seen the field once this year unless you're not confident that he's going to be able to complete a game. Yeah. You know, because of injury. I, uh... This is a good point right here, Dupree. I agree with that. I think that the off, I think the defense in that Sanford game just did not care at all. There in the was first lack half. of effort. And then, I, and then I think, and then I think they probably got chewed out in the locker room and come out and played a little. You know, like, hey, you guys want to get embarrassed more than you already are. Yeah. And so, well, and I mean, you know, I don't know. I, the attitude just, uh, you know, in that game, the idea that we're going to celebrate individual successes on the field when our defense has given up as many points as they've given up to Stanford, it's just something that rubs me the wrong way. I'm all for you make a touchdown, you get to celebrate whatever else, but it's got to be the right setting. And I don't know that when you're, when you're down or uh, barely beating an FCS school that like, you know, a team-wide celebration for an interception is appropriate, even if it's something like it's the first time the guy's ever done it, right? Yeah. Um, but celebrating the locker room is okay, though. I mean, that's different, though, I'm because just that's a private <laughs> domain, right? This is uh, this is in front of every fan right. at the Swamp. This is on TV. That's just – that's different to me than celebrating with your teammates behind closed doors. I get it. The problem, again, is that it got recorded and put right. out as the right. biggest issue. Right. I don't have a problem with them actually celebrating. But right. uh, so this weekend's game, Florida is a two and a half point favorite, um, basically saying it's a coin flip on a neutral field um, because sure. they're at home. They're a slight favorite. Um, I will say, you know, it, it's really tough to predict this because if I mean, and this is probably what ended up doing Dan Mullen in, but in his last 11 games against, power, you know, power five teams, he's two, mm-hmm. he was two and nine. Yeah. Those two wins against Tennessee and Vanderbilt this year. God, isn't and, it ironic and that I, no matter how bad Florida is, they still beat Tennessee every year? Man, I'll tell you, they're lucky. I think they're lucky they played Tennessee early. Because, like, if they played we right now, Tennessee every would year, Every single year for the last decade, I've been like, damn, I'm really glad we played Tennessee early because now they're so much better by the end of the year. And they'll start out again next year, like, one and three. And right. then at the end of the year, they'll go on, like, no, a we, six and two stretch, you know. Yeah. It is tough because they play Florida and they usually play out of conference, which they lost to Pittsburgh. Who mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's a good team this year, a ranked team. Sure. And they play Florida and they play Bama every right. year. Like that's a tough and usually Georgia. And then after they get through that onslaught, then, then they can they kind of move out, on and right? start, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's not like they're battle tested, and so they can beat the South. I mean, yeah. That said, they get to play the other SEC East teams like Vandy and Missouri right. and Kentucky who are not like world beaters by any means. And so right. they start to pull themselves back out of that, you know, cause anything yeah. is better than playing Bama and Florida and Georgia. Right. So, right. Um, anyway, so 
But Florida, over that stretch where they can't beat anybody power five except for, you know, Vandy and Tennessee, Florida just finds different ways to lose. Well, that's the thing. It's so weird. The majority of those are one score games, right? They they just can't finish. They just can't, they get close. They just can't cross that line. And, but it's a lot of very little things that they're not doing right. Like rare. And, and I just don't look like they have any confidence to discipline. I think a lot of it, I, I discipline. And that's actually, this is something I wanted to make sure that we talked about on here. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but players have, made a really vocal push on social media to keep um, Coach Savage, which is Florida's strength and conditioning coach. And I've been pretty vocal on this show and on social media about how that is a terrible idea. Um, I feel bad for these players that they're not going to get, you know, the one ask that they have. They didn't have a say in this coaching staff switch. They are not going to have a say in the fact that Savage is not going to be retained. But I... And I, and clearly he's got to be a good guy, right? If all these players are willing to vouch for him, they're not going out there begging for anybody else's job. They're begging for Savage's job. They clearly like him. They think that he is a good coach. I am concerned that they don't realize how much of his job is tied to their on the field performance that hasn't been there. Right. I don't discipline starts in your strength and conditioning program. Doing all the little things right comes from there. This is the person in charge of your program for seven and a half months. There are very long stretches where he's the only coach that's even allowed to be around them and talk to them. And it's not that doesn't he might make them look like Tarzan. Right. But they play like Jane. So they're not not bullying anybody. They're not. They're they're but they're and they're they're not a guy. But like totally, yeah. totally great guy. I, I spoke to another. A, I spoke to a ahead. former player who kind of had the same thoughts. Basically said like, "Oh, to be young and dumb again." Yeah, you right. like him. But he's a good guy. They like well, Mullen, I'm sure, for the is, most part. But like, if anybody was on both staffs, if any player is there that played for for McElwain's staff, Florida had players going to Gainesville Health and Fitness and working out with the trainers there because they felt like because of what was going on at Florida Strength Room was so bad that the trainer they could find at Gainesville Health and Fitness was doing a better job for them. So if you happen to be in both programs, then Savage is going to be a massive improvement because you essentially had a a, a rent gym going on uh, in Gainesville. So you don't have anything to compare it to, one, but – and, you know, and I think I've seen people mention that Zook kept Rob Glass from Spurrier. He did. Rob Glass was considered the best in the best time. So I think that maybe that's a little bit different. Um, also, Spurrier still had his hand in the program, which. That was not bit. something that was. Oh, you got me now? Um, yeah, I think you're good. It's been mentioned that Will Muschamp uh, retained Mickey Marotti. That wasn't a choice. He wasn't given a choice. Urban was given an office in the stadium. He, Urban thought he was going to dictate who every single one of Muschamp's hires were. Uh, you know, Foley was in there. They f- Between Foley and Urban, they did not give Will Muschamp a choice. And the second he got a choice, he switched strength and conditioning coaches. And I think the guys that played during that transition will tell you that they felt like Marotti undermined Muschamp some. And I'm not saying Savage would do that. He, I, I'm not saying that that's the type of coach he is or the type of person he is. But 
he's going to be loyal to Mullen, right? That's the coach that he's worked under for a long time. Even if it's not purposeful, that's where his loyalties lie. But I think in any kind of regime, yeah, in any kind of regime change, yeah, whether it's a company or a government or a team, very rarely do you have holdovers. There are some exceptions like that. Odell Hagens Hagens has made it through. Uh Bobby Steph, Charlie Strong Steph, is another you know, example. But like that, but just it doesn't, it doesn't happen. He's also a legendary defensive line coach, and you probably couldn't get any better than him even if you tried. And right. you know, Odell's loyal to like Florida State as opposed to yeah. you know, yeah. if Savage had been there for 15 years, it'd be different, right? Like, well, and is it? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it it would be different, but I also think it's it's um, worth noting that uh, the strength and conditioning coach from uh, Louisiana Tech, which is, uh, you know, if Billy Napier is the guy, right, his strength and conditioning coach that he has there is also associate head coach, which is interesting because that tells you something about the relationship that he has with him, right, and the trust that he puts in him. He's a guy that coached um, at Alabama for several years um, worked under which they have always have one of the best strength and conditioning programs in the country. So I would expect if I don't expect if Napier's the coach that he brings many uh, coaches with him, I do expect he would bring his strength and conditioning coach with him. I think that the pedigree that he has uh, having worked under Alabama for a long time means he probably knows what he's doing and the associate head coach next to his name right now shows that there's a lot of trust in him uh, from Napier. But I just, I feel bad for those players. I know that you want somebody that is familiar to, you know, to see in that locker room. One, it's not going to happen. Two, it shouldn't happen. That's not, uh, there was no toughness on this team physically or mentally this year. That comes from, from your strength and conditioning coach. There was no discipline on this team this year. If you watch what these sidelines looked like all season, these players messing around, your coach that's known as your get back coach is your strength and conditioning coach, right? He's the person that's supposed to keep order on your sideline. And that really didn't happen either. And so maybe he's really fun, right? But unfortunately, if Florida wants to start winning championships, I think they're probably going to have to start thinking of their coaches as a little less fun. And they're going to have to get a little more serious. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so this game this weekend, Florida is a, like we said, two and a half point favorite. How, what do you, I, Florida has been so up and down. And what yeah. I do, what I do like about Florida state is everything. Yeah. I don't know. That's not true. Um, I hated him for a long, for a long time that we were on here. Um, you kept that. Is yourself, that their, though. their effort, um, never stops. Sure. Like I, you sure. know, like, like we're not going to go out there and give up. If we played Sanford this week, I can guarantee we wouldn't go out and give up 42 in the first half. Right. right. I'm not saying we win or lose, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause you know, I think we still have some deficiencies and we still struggle sure. in certain places, but um, I do love that the way that Florida state is playing right now. Yeah. I think that offensively um, they've improved tremendously. I think that defensively, I think that the the defensive line that Florida State has right now, um, the, the top two players in the country with quarterback pressures this week are both of like in the country were both of Florida State's defensive ends. Um, yeah. Kieran Thomas had twelve, and Jermaine Johnson had seven. Um, 
I think that if Florida State's defensive line, which I thought Missouri's defensive line did a really good job of this, I think that if Florida State's defensive line can get pressure on Anthony Richardson, who I do not think is a great passer. I, I, I know he's a great athlete. Um, mm -hmm. He's throwing about 57% uh, completion. I think he's a good passer. Year. I think he's a bad decision maker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that all kind of goes into it. If he's under pressure and has to make ill-time throws, that's when I think Florida State mm -hmm. can really kind of take advantage of his Capitalize. youth. Um, he's going to make some good plays. He's going to, you know, potentially great plays at times, and I think that's what you're going to get. I think you're going. I think everything he does good will probably be counteracted with a boneheaded type play where you're like, Oh, why did you do that? And that's just what a freshman's going to do. You know, like, right. so I, I do think that Florida state's defensive line is probably the biggest difference in this game. I think that um, they do really, really well against the run, which is good because Damian Pierce is really, really good. Maybe he'll get mm -hmm. more carries this week. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting to see Florida fans, but we've done a really, really good job against traditional running backs this year. I think that where we have struggled has been when a quarterback takes off. And so that mm -hmm. is something that worries me with Anthony Richardson sure. in there, but I don't, you know, and knock on wood, um, you know, I may have to eat these words. I don't know that Anthony Richardson is going to come out and just pass all over us and, and beat us. Cause I, I do think the defensive line gets enough pressure. We got really, really good pressure on BC um, with four all day. We didn't really have to blitz very often. Um, and so I think that, I don't love Florida's offensive line. I think that that can be something that we take advantage of. And uh, if, if you know, Florida State's keys to winning this game are what they've been all year. Get pressure with four, which they've done a very good job of that. Um, get pressure with four and don't make mistakes. Don't turn the ball right. over. Don't give Florida short fields. Make them drive to beat you. You know, I probably like Florida State's defense more than I like Missouri's, you know, I probably like Florida State's defense just as much as South Carolina's. And mm -hmm. so I think if you can just play Ben, don't break, don't give up the big play. I think Florida State will have every chance to win this game. And if it's a late game, if it's a close game late, I like Florida State. Like yeah. if it's like a 10-point game and Florida has the lead, I think that Florida just continues to find a way to lose games, right? I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. I don't know, you know. But if we're up by three or four or seven in the fourth quarter, I'm not saying it can't go our way. I, sure. I like Florida State. I like Florida to just – find another way to lose. Like, I just think yeah. that that's kind of their MO right now. So certainly things like turnovers or Florida state not being able to get pressure or Anthony Richardson making some highlight plays um, could go in Florida's favor. But I, I do think, I think we end up winning this game really close. Like I don't think anybody blows anybody out in this one. I think it's a battle to the fourth quarter. Um, but I do think that Florida state's defensive line is just a little bit too much. I don't, you know, nothing on Florida's defense worries me all that much. It's just can Florida State kind of do what they want to do offensively, and I think that. Uh, do you think that everybody Florida State basically has a better? Um, do you think Florida State has a a better offense than Missouri does? I think that Florida State's offense is more balanced than Missouri's, where Missouri is really just like run the ball every single play, and Florida State mm -hmm. has really done a good job the last couple of weeks of. Um, throwing the ball around. I, I think that uh, Jordan Travis had like 250 yards passing, which was his season high against right. BC. Uh, he threw the ball 34 times, which was – I'll look it up real quick to make sure that I'm not lying on this. But that was his most pass attempts for the season. Yeah. Yes, uh, 34 
uh, and and did a pretty good job. Three touchdowns, no picks, 59% completion percentage. Um, you know, the week before against Miami, he had a 70% completion percentage um, with 274 yards. And so as the games have gone on, you know, his he, it's it's definitely been a climb up. He His first game against Notre Dame, he had 130. Then against Wake, he had 107. He got injured in that game only through um, – only was in there for six passes. Uh, then he had 130, then 140, then 170. Miami was 274, and then BC 251. So a little step back. But I think that he's progressing as a passer, um, and, and we're still doing a good job of running the ball. So I think that our offense is probably a bit more balanced than Missouri's. Missouri probably doesn't have the um, offensive – I don't know as much about Missouri's offensive line, right. so it would be tough for me to tell you. We have a couple of offensive think- line injuries that could be kind of an issue – um, but I, I don't know. I'd say the offenses are pretty similar. You know, I don't so, expect Florida State to put up a crazy ton of points. But well, this I can see is why I asked, right? Missouri is bowl eligible now. Granted, by one more game than than Florida State and Florida. Um, but Florida's defense held them to 16 points during the during regulation, right? Mm-hmm. I honestly like any team's odds um, of winning a game when they hold a team to 16 points. I have been one of the biggest, uh, you know, one of the hardest people on Florida's defense all year long. Right. I have, I think they've been terrible. I've not been a fan of Florida's defense. I thought that Florida's defense did a great job on, on Saturday overall. And honestly, Missouri didn't even get their running game going until very, very late in, in the game. Florida did a great job uh containing the run for three whole quarters so i if florida's defense can hold florida state to 16 points in the regulate in regulation i like florida's chances to win now it's not going to be a blowout if florida wins right and and granted most florida florida state games aren't there it's a rivalry game most of these games are played pretty close i think these teams are decently evenly matched in terms of the talent that both of them has maybe even with the talent skewing more towards Florida, not that having the talent has done a whole lot for Florida uh, this season. But I think if Florida can hold Florida State to 16 points or something similar, they win this game. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think Anthony Richardson, um, I, I'm interested to see how he does, right? And the only other game that he started the entire game was against Georgia. And obviously playing against Georgia and playing against Florida State are two completely different worlds. So – I'm interested to see, does he look serviceable against a, uh, a, a team that's not going to be playing for a national title, potentially? No. Um, I think you're right in that he will make mistakes. I think he'll make less mistakes because I think a lot of his mistakes were forced by the best defense in the country. Um, Florida State is not going to be forcing the same. They don't have the ability to force the mistakes that Georgia does. doesn't mean they won't force mistakes, but they're just not the same defense that Georgia is. Um, and maybe yeah. he's learned from some of that. I don't know. I think he can be a decent that's where I think, it, I think he's not a great decision maker. So um, his line's got to give him at least some time to make better decisions. And that's and where it, I like that. And that's where I like that matchup the most. I yeah. mean, Cause I, I do, you know, let me look real quick at you guys' schedule. Um, I'd say we probably have the, I mean, you know, I know this is, you know, you're probably going to disagree here. I think Florida State has the third best defensive line you guys have seen all year. I think Alabama and Georgia are the easy number ones and two. Uh, yes, we have a better defensive line than FAU, USF, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, 
LSU, I mean, they give up 40, not 42 to you guys. I don't think that they're great. South Carolina, Missouri. Like, I, I Stanford as well. I really like our defensive line. And to me, that's the biggest thing is if yeah. they can get pressure on Richardson, um, It'll that's be interesting where to I see think that, if Florida's uh, offensive line is healthy as well. Because at the beginning of the year, Florida's offensive line was good. Florida's offensive line handled Alabama's defensive line much better than I thought they would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty well, right? But they were at 100%. Ethan White has had injuries. There's been some other, you know, guys that have missed time. So whether or not the, the, the guys that started the game against Alabama are able to start a game against Florida State makes a difference. But if that if that line plays anywhere close to how they played Alabama, I'm not concerned yeah. about Florida State's so, defensive line. And they have the ability because they've done it. Interesting um, stat here. Okay. Um, I want to look at how many times you guys threw the ball. You guys threw the ball 35 times against Georgia, right? So 35 mm-hmm. dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Georgia had two sacks and seven quarterback hurries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like us to have more than I, – I, QB hurries are such a kind of a vague stack. Yeah. I like us to have more than two sacks. Really? You yeah. think that you guys will do a better job than Georgia's D-line did? I thought their sacks were kind of low. I don't know, you know – it's hard to say that we're doing a better job than them because I'd have to go back and really rewatch the game and how mm-hmm. many of those, how, how many of their 33 tackles? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. How many of their 89 tackles were like one yard gains, right? Like, so yeah. it's hard, but I do think we come away with more sacks. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say we get two or more, like without a doubt, you know, like, okay. you know, now, if you just look at the Missouri game, you guys had that, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's not to say that we're better than Georgia's D line or anything else like that, but they kind of, I mean, they didn't terrorize you guys through getting to him and sacks like that. But I mean, if you just look at the Missouri game, Missouri had two sacks, you know? So like, I liked us to get that or more. And if we can kind of continue that, they actually got the same number of QB hurry seven as well. So yeah, I like us to be able to get after Richardson pretty good. Um, what do you predict the score is on this? Hmm. How, I think it's because you say like if if you hold Florida State to sixteen points, I mean yes, I agree with that. If you hold any team to sixteen points, yeah, probably. But I, I, don't I think it's going to be something like 27-24. Um, I can see that. I, I don't. I think it's going to be close, regardless of who wins. Um, I I mean I hope that's the case because I feel like if it's a blowout, it's not Florida winning, right? Um, yeah, I have a tough time seeing Florida blowing many people. Yeah. I do too. I mean, I just, I don't think between the way that they've played and the th- being down three coaches on your, on your, I just doesn't seem, it would be wild if that happened. Right. Um, but it's a, this is a rivalry game. This means a lot to these players. A lot of the guys, when they look across the line are going to see guys that they played either with or against in high school um, that they've seen on, on these two fields for several years. This game means a lot to both of these players or both of these teams. I expect full effort. Um, out of both of them, I'm interested to see how it goes with AR because I think Florida is Florida State's a much better match for for Florida than Georgia is when he got to start. Um, if he's still making mistakes like that, which are totally possible, I think that maybe fans will have a little bit more of an insight as to why he wasn't the starter all season long. Um, I'm interested to see how Damian Pierce is used. Um, Knox has made a few comments this week, essentially to the uh, effect of we have a great running back room, which is why they 
alternate and that'll continue to be the case. Pierce's stats, especially like uh, yards per carry are so much better than the rest of the running back room. So while I think that there is a talented running back room, I think that's a true statement. I think that there is a most talented guy and the fact that they're getting you know, similar numbers of carries as opposed to the best guy in the room getting most of them has always been a weird thing for me. So interesting to see if this coaching staff continues with that decision. Um, But, uh, you know, this game worries me, right? Florida's got everything against them at this moment. And if they're able to galvanize that and take advantage of that, then awesome. I just think that's a big ask. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the two programs and you look at the two teams, um, they have been, we talked about it last week, it was the title of the show. They have been on different trajectories, mm-hmm. right? Florida yeah. has been doing this while Florida State has been doing this. And so sure. um, I think that is what has leveled the playing field here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly don't think that Florida State is, um, a t- you know, talent wise. I don't think that Florida State is, I think that Florida has the edge there. I mean, I don't think anybody would, would deny yeah. that. But as far as, um Coaching wise right now, I think it's, you know, having 10 coaches and yeah. um, yeah. a locker room that looks bought in. And I think just the way the teams are playing together, yeah. not together. I, I think that, um, you know, those things kind of give Florida the edge. I think there's also like the, the motivation factor, the buy-in factor. Mm-hmm. If, if things don't go Florida's way early, you know, do they kind of keep their heads in it? And, sure. And yeah. Do around? you keep fighting? Coaches, your coach is gone. You're making business decisions. You're down yeah. 14. Do you just throw your hands up and go? Whereas yeah. if it goes the other way, I mean, I do think that Florida, if Florida State gets down 14. They'll I mean, keep they're fighting. Not, they're not built right. to come back by any means, but they're, but they're not going to give up. They're not going to not come back they because they, their heart right. isn't in it. Right. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think that's all accurate stuff. I never agree with you. So, wow. So um, I think that, uh, I think you're right though. I think it goes down to the, uh, goes down the wire and somebody wins this close in the end. Um, it honestly would not shock me if um, we saw a game similar to how FSU has played the last couple where they get up by a bunch and then Florida roars back and uh, either comes back for the win or, um, you know, Florida State holds on at the end. But, yeah. you know, this is a rivalry game, so anything could happen. happen. I do think – I do think with most games, you know, this is the case, but I do think that the, uh, I think a turnover battle is huge. Yeah. I think if, you know, if, if AR makes the mistakes that he made mm-hmm. um, that cost him the game against Georgia, you know, similar to what the mistakes that Emory made against South Carolina, sure. similar to the turnovers that, you know, AR kept Florida in it against LSU, but he also had two turnovers in that LSU game that were massive. Yeah. Um, that happens this week. Florida State's given Florida State's in the top 10 of the country in red zone scoring. Yeah. Um, they, you know, can't give FSU short fields. Same token, you, you know, Florida State has done a very good job the last few weeks of taking care of the ball. Yeah. Um, so they can't give up turnovers either. I think we have one yeah. turnover in each of our last three games. And so have to kind of continue that. Um, all right. You want to do some picks and get out of here? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Another rough week for you. This just wasn't your year. So I'll just say that. Uh, we both took Ohio State, who, oh, I'm sorry, we both took Michigan State last week. Uh, did Michigan State win? They no. didn't win, but they keep it close. No, they, they didn't no. keep it close. No. So we both missed that one. Um, yeah. 
Oh. I don't know that there's been coaching draft stock that tanks faster than Mel Tucker's has. He should have should have agreed to that LSU job, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, we both took Wake, who Clemson beat and covered against. We both mm-hmm. are. I took Oklahoma over Iowa State. I got that one right. We both took Utah to upset Oregon. Actually, they were the favorite, but we both took them. We both took Florida State, and I mm-hmm. took Missouri. So you went three and four on the week. I went four and three. Making our records forty, my, I'm forty three and thirty six, and you are thirty and forty eight. So, um, that can't even be right. So anyway, I, math is somewhere lost on me. But anyway, it's just not close. Twenty eight. No, you're thirty one, and so who are we picking this week? Uh, hold on, this math thing is going to drive me nuts. Um. I'll figure out where I messed up on the math. We are picking uh, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. Um, Egg Ole, Miss, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. Ole Miss is ranked in the top 10 and somehow is- a one and a half point underdog to unranked Mississippi State. I have no idea here, uh, but I like Mike Leach more than I like Link. I like Link Kiffin <laughs> a lot too. But I like Mike Leach, so give me the fighting Mike Leach. I'll take Ole Miss. Um, I'm excited for that game, though. That's a fun game. And, no, he's not a potential for UF. One of UF's potential next head coaches. Um, People always complain about, um, you know, the the Thanksgiving Day games. I just saw a tweet that said something like, we are 12 hours away from – 12 hours away from, uh, what, Bill – Bears and Lions, which everyone will complain about. And still watch, yeah. And still watch as yeah. opposed to spending time with their time family. with their family. <laughs> so, um, oh, but anyway, I, you know, the, the the game would have been the the Thursday night game would have been good. It would have been Bills and Saints, and the Saints were five and two until Jameis got hurt. And now the Saints are just pathetic. And so, like all three games tomorrow, like there's just I mean, I'm going to watch them, but I'm going to watch college football at night. Yeah. Um, I was uh, one and a half point favorite at Nebraska. I like Iowa here. I think that I like Iowa too. The Scott Frost thing is is almost done. Um, Everybody but them thinks that. So, uh, Ohio State is an eight point favorite at Michigan. I have no faith in Harbaugh to cover this. Give me Ohio no, State. None. Give me Ohio State. Um, Penn State is a one point favorite at Michigan State. I kind of like James Franklin here at his big contract extension. So I'll take Michigan state. You know, it's funny. He had a worse winning percentage than Dan Mullen and he got a 10 year contract extension and Dan Mullen got fired. We do things differently in the sec. Um, <laughs> fire Mullen to find a worse coach. I mean, how different do you want to be? Um, Texas A&M is a six and a half point favorite at LSU. I really think Texas A&M wins this and wins this big, but that line worries me. So I, I like I like LSU to cover AM to win. I think Vegas is trying to pull a fast one here. Hmm. Tell me the line again. Six and a half. God, I like LSU too. Uh give me LSU. Okay. Uh Oklahoma State is a four-point favorite at Oklahoma. Um, man, Oklahoma has been terrible this year, and I have no faith in them, but I just I think that they're going to end up winning out and going to the playoffs. So give me Um, Oklahoma here. All right. Give me Oklahoma state. I like uh, Mike Gundy a lot though. So I kind of hope you are right. Um, And then the big one, the only one that matters, uh, Florida state is a two and a half point underdog to Florida. Um, I got Florida state here. 
Give me Florida. I'm one a last time. One, one last time. time. Why would wrong. I change it? You know what? Maybe these guys are going to be pumped up enough. They they take senior day seriously. They take this rivalry seriously, and they pull a rabbit out of the hat, right? Um, I don't know if it's pulling a rabbit out of the hat when you are the betting favorite, but yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, uh, Vegas has been insane the last several games for Florida. This is actually the like maybe they're coming down from their bender because this is their most normal line for a Florida game in weeks. I like Florida State to win this forty-two to twenty. By the way, like that's going to be forty-two to twenty. All right, I say uh, twenty-seven. <laughs> you put 24. twenty-seven twenty-four. I got you right there. Forty-two twenty. It's in ink. Um, Give me okay. the blowout. I doubt that happens, but I'm going to predict it. So, okay. all right. We'll be back next week to talk about how my team made a bowl and yours didn't. Um, and for you to rate Kara's um, bourbon chocolate pecan pie and see if it's trash or not. Um, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Thank happy you guys for hanging out and watching, listening. And we will see you guys next week. Go Gators. Oh, at least we'll have to hear that this last time. <laughs>